0: Hey, before we get to the bullshit, quick reminder, follow us on Instagram at listen to this Why you shit? follow us on Twitter and listen and shit. And if you have the time, go over to our Apple podcast page and give us a rating and review, whether you love the podcast or you hate the podcast. Tell us why you hate or love it. Thanks for listening. Let's get to the bullshit. Yeah And we're back With the most excited thing on television right now The only thing that matters The MJ doc The Bulls doc The 90's basketball doc The Last Dance And I i am so ready to talk about these these two episodes that premiered last night The only thing that matters in television Michael Jordan saved the appointment television Nobody was waiting to a certain day to watch shows We wanted our shit now Everybody was J.G. Winworth with television Now we're waiting till Sunday to watch television again all thanks to the greatness of Michael Jordan. All praise, Michael. All praises due to Michael. All praises due to Michael. Welcome back to another episode of This Is Why Shit Podcast, the Homopotty Mouse, the fastest growing podcast in the history of podcasts. Don't Google that, because it is a fact, though. And once again, I'm here, your host Dom Sharp, to talk about the the boys doc, the Last Dance. Um. Quick side note for people who listen to this podcast regularly, who come to, who come to this podcast and look forward to this review. Uh, usually, I have it out by now. Uh, it's currently when I'm recording this. It's currently eight forty five. Usually, this podcast would have been out. It would have been out at like six o'clock a.m. It would have been six o'clock a.m. It, 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 it like would have been out at six a.m. But I fell asleep on episode eight. Uh, not because it was boring, just because my sleep schedule was in flux right now. I used to stay up all night, and then like I would just, like in the midst of me being up all night, I would just record the podcast. But I'm trying to get my sleep schedule back on track due to we may be going back to our job soon. So I'm trying to get my sleep schedule back on track. So that's why this episode's gonna be coming out a little coming out a little later. So for everybody who like look forward to this in their morning, I don't know what the fuck you doing up at seven a.m. But to everybody who look forward to this, I'm sorry that it's coming out a little late. But I'm back once again. Uh, once again, I would like to say that this is not a this. This podcast is a review, uh, more discussion about what I saw from the perspective of somebody who didn't live through this. A lot of people who are watching this doc are people who lived through this, who lived through the '90s and saw the the uh, the '90s Bulls, the Jordan's Bulls, and all these different storylines that are being followed. They lived that. I am 22 years old. I was born the year of the last championship. So I have no, I have no firsthand experience. All everything I have, all the information I have about this era of basketball comes through uh, barbershop talk, uh, my uncle's, uh, my dad, uh, just sports talking head figures. So keep that to account. So I like to think that this is more. Of, you get to listen to it and see see from a different, see things from a different perspective that you never saw from before. Um. But episodes seven and eight, I believe we are following. I believe we're episodes this week, part four. Uh, I would like to. These episodes would, if I had to classify them, these episodes would be the the Jordan Lees to play basketball episodes. My fucking alarm is going off. Sorry, guys. This these episodes will be categorized as Jordan Lees to go play bas- uh baseball episodes. Um, that's that's mainly the plot that's being followed in. That is the connective tissue between seven and eight. Jordan left to go play baseball. Um. Also, we talk about his father dying. We open episode seven with the story of his father dying. Uh, I heard stories about his father dying. I like how in a doc they address the conspiracy theory that maybe Jordan, uh, father's death may have been connected to, uh, Jordan's gambling addiction. Um. Or as, he, or as he was calling his competitive addiction. I like how they address it a little bit, but also they don't dignify a lot of the claims because, you know, Jordan had to prove every fucking frame of this documentary for this to even be a thing. So I like how they addressed it, but I want to say a few words about that for a second because I like to think that... um, So I never... I never... I never consider myself a conspiracy theorist, but when things don't add up, it starts to make sense to me. So I'm not going to say that I 100% just believe that, oh, Jordan's, Jordan's father was killed by some mob boss that Jordan owed money to due to gambling. I'm not going to go off on, on, on the edge and say that, but I will go off on the edge and say that it's parts of this story that don't make sense. For example, two 18-year-old men were charged with the, charged with the robbery and murdering of Jordan's father. Two year old men. Jordan's father was in his seventies at the point of the time. So you're telling me so what you're so you're flat out telling me that two eighteen year old boys could not rob Michael Jordan's dad without killing him. Here's why I think here's why I think that their goal was to kill Michael Jordan's dad. Because if your goal is to just rob somebody, you can rob a seven year old man without be, without killing him. Like you can beat his ass enough, but not to death. You can beat his ass to submission, but not to death. There's a fine line there and some will say well they're 18 they're kids, they may not have known their own powers. True fine that is that is something I will take into account in this situation. but my number two argument is if you are going for a robbery if, if you want to rob a person right and you beat their ass bad, right? let's say let's say they know that they're be, like, they like they beat his ass so bad that he's gonna die. why not take the car? Why leave the car? Because the car was found close to where the body was. The body was found in the river, and the car was found not too far for them. So why not take the car? Some would say, well, if you take the car, that makes it easier for them to find you. Not true, because that car, because this is is the Midwest. You could could take that car to a chop shop. The car could have been in 17 different parts before anybody even noticed it. And you could have had the money for that, and nobody would have known. But you leave the car. That tells me that this wasn't a robbery. This wasn't a planned robbery. This was a a plan to murder somebody, but they made it look like a robbery. And who knows? Who knows if the two 18-year-olds that actually took the charges were the two people that did it or the person that did it? We don't know. Like so, I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to give validity to the games but I'm just saying that when you look at the facts of the situation a lot of it doesn't add up. But this exact rhetoric that I'm spilling right now, this exact conversation that I'm saying, is the same reason that Jordan was 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 pushed away from basketball. He was like, I need to get away from the big the big bright lights. The big bright lights of all of this. And he went to go play baseball. He he went to play baseball because number one, when his father passed, he felt like he had accomplished everything in baseball. He even said in basketball. He even said that it gave him peace to know that his father watched him win his last game, his father watched him win his his last championship that gave him peace, and his father always wanted him to be a baseball player, so he said, Why not should I go play baseball but here's the thing I don't really buy into that because now this now this reporter could be a fucking liar. There was a reporter in the doc who said that uh the dream team summer in Barcelona, Jordan told him that Jordan told him that he was going to Retire after the season and go play baseball. But the only reason he wouldn't do it right now is because he had a three-peat because nobody else had three-peated at that point. Uh, Bird hadn't three-peated um, and Magic hadn't three-peated. So he needed to do that. And he was obligated to play in the Olympics. So he was like, I can't, I can't. I, but here's the thing: nobody tells Michael Jordan. Bro, you got to play in these Olympics. If you don't want to play in these Olympics, he can just stop at any point and be like, he's Michael, whatever. He doesn't want to play. Like, he's tired. Like, he's he's been carrying a fucking, not, not his team, the league, for a better part of seven years now. Like, it's okay. Take a break, Mike. Like, nobody tells Michael, like, you you got to come back and win a third championship. It's like, Mike go sit down. Give somebody else a chance. Like nobody tells Mike that but these are things that Mike put himself that he said he got to do. So I respect Mike for that for like being being such a being such a competitor to say like, all right, like I want to do this, but I got to finish out what I started here. Like I got to finish out what I started here. Um they talk about they talk about the secret suspension, which is I don't I don't I'm not really to, to go back to the uh the, to Mike, to Michael Jordan, going off to play baseball. They talk about the secret suspension, which is things that people have floated around in in the in the in the conspiracy theory world of maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe um, David Stern told Mike, "Yo, you got to disappear for a little bit." Go play baseball, or whatever. So he put him on an eighteen month suspension. I don't really buy that bullshit. I don't really buy that because if Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan's the biggest cash cow in the history of the NBA. You don't tell your biggest money makers to disappear for eighteen months. No, you figure out a way to work around it. You don't lose that. You don't, you don't lose that revenue for eighteen months. No, that's not what you do. You figure out a way to work around that. So I don't believe that bullshit. But the thing about Michael and baseball. Is that people like uh, Michael's manager in baseball for the Double A Chicago White Sox team? What I did know is that uh, the owner of the Bulls actually owns the White Sox, so that's I that's a that's a that's that that's 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 wealth number one. That's wealth number one, and that's like. That does add validity to the statement, I think, a little bit of, like, maybe it was a secret suspension because, like, you get just go play baseball. The owner of your team already owns the baseball team. Whatever. I'm I'm, I'm not going to give any more validity to that. But I'm going to say that um, Michael's owner – no, excuse me. Michael's manager of the double-A baseball team said that Michael had a 31-game hit streak. So for 31 games, Michael hit the ball and got on base. Now I'm not the biggest baseball fan. I've been to one baseball game in my life. It wasn't that interesting to watch. The most fun I had at the baseball game was doing the wave. When the wave came around, that was the most fun I had. So I I'm not baseball isn't my sport, but I can tell you that hitting the ball is hard. I played the MLB baseball games. Even in the game, it is hard to do. You could you play 2K. Anybody can shoot a jump shot. You have a 60 overall player. He can shoot a jump shot. You play Madden. You can have a, a terrible wide receiver, he can catch the ball, a terrible quarterback, he can throw the ball. You have a terrible hitter in an MLB baseball game, he will not hit the ball. It's, it's such a, a skill-oriented sport, and the fact that Michael was able to transition from being, from being the, best baseball, the best basketball player to working on being the best baseball player is a testament to his competitiveness. Now, think about this. He was already the best at basketball. He was the, already the best at his sport. He had reached the apex. People was already calling him the best player in the league. Not an off time yet, but he was the, definitely the best player in the league at this point. Like, so there's like, there's no question. He's he's he he's he at the top of his game. So at the top of your game, in your prom, you decide to leave what you've done for the past. I don't. They said that he stopped playing baseball at seventeen and didn't pick up a, a bat until he was thirty one. So. That's over a decade for over a decade about fifteen years maybe for fifteen years you don't you are at the top of your sport you are the best basketball player in the world you decide no one thing fuck that I want to go do the thing that I did when I was a kid and I was really, and I was pretty good at and i and I want to do that professionally and not only does he does it but he actually is good at it like he gets better progressively through the season like the owner Jerry Reindorf is his name Jerry Reindorf says that if he had no doubt in his mind. If Michael would have continued to play baseball, he would have made it to the majors. That's, that statement by itself is crazy. Like, if that shit don't get you motivated, you are not somebody who can be motivated. Michael was the best basketball player in the league at this point, and he stopped in his prime to go play bad. Excuse me. Michael was the best basketball player in the league at this point and he stopped playing basketball to go play baseball. Not only does not only does he stop, like his body, his body isn't built. That's what they're talking about is Doc. His body isn't built for baseball. So not only does he have to reconstruct his body to be a baseball body, but he also has to learn the skills of being a baseball player, but he does it because he's so competitive. Like I, I, I spoke about this last time on the Jordan doc. I don't think that, I don't think that, I don't think that Michael is a better athlete than LeBron. I think I think I think LeBron is just flat out a better athlete. Like if I was going to like like if I had like if I had a number one pick in the draft and I was like going off like yo, who's the athlete you want in your team? I'm picking I'm picking LeBron. Like, like, like let's say like let's say we had it was like. The world, the, the world of sports, and it was like every sport combined. It's like yo, you gotta pick one player, to, and he he's gonna be number one pick. I got number one pick, and it's every every sport is gonna be wrapped up into one. I'm picking LeBron because I feel like LeBron can be good at damn near every sport. Like LeBron could have played in NFL. LeBron could have probably be good at hockey just because he's such an athlete. LeBron could have been good at baseball because he's such a fucking athlete. LeBron, like I would have picked LeBron. But I think that if I had number two pick, I would I be mad with Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan may, may not may not be the best athlete, but he's a better competitor than LeBron, and he's going to work his ass off to be better than LeBron. And he's going to put that chip on his shoulder that he was number one, and he's going to make sure he will beat LeBron ass every time he plays him. That's something to talk about in doc. I'm going to get to that in a second. But I think that's ridiculous how how competitive a person can be. Like, like you see why this person – will want to gamble. Like like you will see why. Cause when you're that competitive, you're always looking for high stakes. Like I think, I think like if you win if you win three straight championships, you get to the mountaintop three times and you don't fall every single time. It's like, what else can I do? Like what else like how do I keep this interesting for me? I think that you would I think that you would like have to leave and go do something else to appreciate that. But, like, work hard at something else that you aren't as good at to appreciate what you were good at. I think Michael Michael Jordan, the whole baseball thing is something that I knew. Like, it's something that, like I said, like, it's something I knew about before. I, I, had, the, I had the biggest knowledge of him going to play baseball. And, okay, he was pretty good. But I never actually knew how good he was. And also what I didn't know was, he did this. Like, he stopped. Like, he decided to co- he After a three-peat, he decided to say, nah, I'm done. I'm done. He won three championships in a row, and he decided, nah, I want to go play baseball now. Like, there's not many guys who can just stop whatever they're doing to say, nah, I want to I try something else. Michael Jordan may be like one of the only one of one one of the few guys who can do some shit like that, and like people would be like, "All right, fuck it, Mike." I think something that's big. I forgot to mention before that when Michael Jordan retired, David Stern was at his retirement ceremony. David Stern, the commissioner of the of the NBA, came to Michael Jordan's retirement ceremony. Okay, now think about this for a second. I'm I'm about to I'm about to put this in perspective. Okay, when Kobe Bryant retired, Kobe Bryant retired. His his announcement speech was right there on the floor at Staples Center, and he said "Mamba out." Right, but we all knew that was coming. Like he made an announcement before the season that this was going to be his last season. He got the farewell tour, and that was it. That was it. David Starr was probably there. Cool. But it was expected of him to be there. Like, I don't know if he was for a fact, but I'm pretty sure he was. When Payman retired. You think Roger Goodell was at his retirement? Disgrace in other sports. When Brett Favre retired, you think Roger Goodell was there? I don't think he was. That's how great Michael Jordan is The commissioner of the league Stopped everything he was doing And said I'm gonna go Like fuck Like fuck the big press storm right It makes sense for the big press storm to be there Like okay 31 years old The best player The best athlete in the world at this time Is retiring from his sport at the top of his game To go do something else Cool Fine whatever Go ahead that makes sense for every fucking news outlet to send every cameraman and every reporter out to this press conference. This is the biggest story of in the world right now, and we need to have this story on our network. That makes sense. But for the commissioner of the league, who has a whole league to run, like Michael Jordan is one player, Was it 28 teams. One player on 28 teams. Each team has 12 to 15 players. He's one player. But he's there. I don't think something like that has happened before or something like that is going to happen after. Like, there's never going to be another... Like, like when LeBron retires, Adam Sylvia is not going to be at his press conference. It just won't happen. And if he is there, he's not going to sit two seats away from Michael. Like, it was it was Michael. It was a woman in between. It might have been... Uh, David Stern's wife or daughter or some shit like that, but then it was David Stern. He was two seats away. That's that's a testament to how great he is. Like Michael Jordan put the put the league on his back. He elevated the status of the NBA, and David Stern had to be there to return to say thank you for that. Like that was him returning a favor for everything he's done for the NBA. I think that's interesting because no, like how many times have we heard about like a player just retiring? There's no big ceremony for it. There's no big ceremony. When well, most players retire, there's no big ceremony. There's just a a, a fucking announcement on ESPN. Such and such has retired. It's over. That's it. When Drew Brees retires, there's not there's not going to be Roger Goodell's not going to be there. There's going to be a little press conference. The coach, the champagne's co- probably going to be there. The owner's probably going to be there, and that's going to be it. The commission of the league isn't going to be there. There isn't going to be a press storm. Every news outlet in the world isn't going to be covering it. We're talking about greats in other sports, the like GOATs. Like, when Tom Brady, reti- when Tom Brady retired, I, like, Tom Brady is the big the, the next comparison to, like, GOAT status of MJ. Like, Tom Brady is seen as this fierce competitor, right? He's seen as the guy who's 43 years old, and he's going to do everything he can to possibly win. There will be no media storm, no press conference the same way it was with Michael. And maybe it could be partially due to the fact that he was 31. We he retired. He was at the peak of his careers. He just repeated. He said, Yo, I'm done. I'm tired. So that could be that could play a part of it. But even then, that's that's crazy. Um They they talk a little bit about how how the offense was different when Michael was gone. Once Michael left to play baseball, how different the ball's offense was. Some say the offense worked better because Michael was such a ball-dominant player, and the triangle relies on ball movement that a lot of guys got more touches. The ball moved more fluidly. Ball, Michael's a ball stopper, like – like Michael is Michael is, isn't an off ball player. He needs the ball to be effective on the basketball court. Like he needs excuse me, he needs a, he needs the ball to be effective offensively. Like Ma, Michael's not gonna come off screens and, and get buckets. He's not coming back door cuts. He needs the ball to be effective offensively. Now he can affect the game other ways. He can play defense, you know, he can still, he can block, he can rebound. But for him to be off effective offensively, he needs the ball. So that, that kind of defeats the purpose of the triangle, but people, people, Scotty said that people have, was having more fun because they were getting their touches. They they were actually getting able. They they had a chance to score. They had a chance to touch the ball, make plays. Um, I like that. I like episode eight. It's one of my favorite episodes of the series so far. Episode eight, this episode, um, episode eight in a Dennis Robin episode might have been like three or four, some shit like that. Um, are definitely my two favorite episodes so far because episode eight starts with, um, the Hornets and Michael's playing BJ Armstrong, who's played for the Hornets now. They, they I don't think they were called a Hornets yet, whatever they was called. The team is Charlotte. Um, and they they they're in the playoffs and BJ Armstrong gets a big bucket to 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 take a game in the playoffs and when he makes the bucket he yells at the sideline and he yells at Michael and he lets the whole he lets the whole building know that he did that Michael took offense to that Michael took offense to a lot of things but Michael especially takes defense when, takes takes offense when other players like gloat about winning against Michael And they went back to, uh, I believe it was 89 or 90, some shit like that, to give us another example of this shit. There was a kid called, there's a kid named uh, Le- LeBratford Smith. LeBratford Smith scores 37 points on Michael. It was like that Michael, LeBratford played for the Wizards, the, the Bullets, whatever. And. It was a game that Michael couldn't make any shots. Like he Michael couldn't buy a bucket. And LeBratford just scored 37. He went right at him. He was hot. Like sometimes, sometimes you just catch heat. Like all of us who has been on the basketball court before, like just randomly with your homies, and you just hot one day. One day you just feel like you can't miss. And that's and like you when when those do happen, you like, bro, feed me today. Like today's the day to get me the ball. Today's the day where you put the ball in my hands and I'll make it happen. And LeBratford Smith had one of those days. He scored 37. And as the legend goes, after the game, LeBraffer said, nice game, Mike. And Mike took offense to it. Here's the thing about Mike, though. You don't need to give the GOAT goat, anything to get him going. Like, he's already going. But to get him into that next gear, he creates these little games in his head to make sure he shows up. Because he needs that extra oomph. Like, he needs to be doubted. Because his whole career, he's been doubted. Like, he wasn't the number one pick in the draft. He he was cut. He was cut from his high school basketball team. He wasn't a star at UNC immediately. Like, Michael has always been, He he's always had to work for everything he got. So, when you give him that extra oomph, he go, oh, now I got to work for this. And that's where you fuck up at. Michael said, on because it was a back-to-back, they played... They played the Wizards or the Bullets, whatever. The team in Washington, they played them back-to-back nights. So on the flight to Washington, Mike told one of his teammates, he said, I'm going to score in the first half what that kid had in the first game. And Michael proceeds to walk on the court and score 36 points in the first half. Mind you, LeBradford scored 37 in the whole game. The whole game. Mike said, "Nah, I'm a, I'm scoring 36 in the first half. Suck my dick," and he did that, and he did it. <laughs> so this, and they tell that story in the doc to say that, basically, fucking BJ arms aren't shucked up. He fucked up. They Mike Mike says B, BJ BJ knows us. BJ know what gets us going. So him doing all that trash talking and fist bumping after the game was was unnecessary. Like, he knows. He knows what gets me going. And after that, Michael was on BJ like a hound for the rest of the series. Like, he attacked him every single game of the rest of the series. And they didn't get a single game after that. They sent BJ and them boys packing. Sent them boys packing. That was game two. It was Bulls won game one. BJ won game two. After that, them boys didn't win nothing else and BJ BJ admits like maybe I shouldn't have talked all that shit after the game but like like I don't like, that's how that's, that's how it's Michael is. like Michael knows he's the greatest player of all time and he knows that beating him is a big feat like he understands that so of course when you beat the goat you want you want you're going to feel yourself a little bit you're going to talk a little shit like when you when you when you do that you're going you mean you you're going to pound your chest Mike said don't do that young man I don't care Like, I know who I am. Like, I know exactly who I am. That don't give you the right to talk to me because that gave me going and got him going. Uh, uh, Episode 8, they talk about more Michael Michael leaving baseball. So, apparently, there was a strike in baseball. um, And baseball decided to start the season with scab players. And Mike said, I'm not crossing the picking line. When that happens, Mike starts... uh, Mike Stark's just gone to the to the uh to the practice to to practice facility with the boys a little bit. He just started practicing to put shots up a little bit. And before we know it, he's back. He's back. Um The cool the cool thing about this is is like once Michael decided he was back, his 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 PR guy wrote up like three or four uh press releases. To put out, like, like long thought out press releases. And Michael's like, I don't think any of these just really convey the message I want to send. And he said, well, how about you just, and his PR guy says, well, how about you just write your own fucking press release then since I can't figure it out. Mike said, okay. And Mike just wrote, I'm back. That's swag. Like that's Like, that's swag. Like. Like not many people can like do that. Like can just write "I'm back" and they can sh- and they send the whole world into a frenzy. Like Michael Jordan has returned to the NBA. We're so happy because, whoo, Shit was looking bad, but like it, it's exciting. It's it's exciting. Um, Michael's first game back, he wore forty five, and he was and he was scared because that was the first game of uh, basketball he played. S- since his father passed. Like, this first game he had, he, he played since his father passed, and he wore 45, that was his first number ever. Michael was so scared that he wore his shorts backwards. Like, the guy that we know to be so calm, cool calm, and collective, it's like so uncouthed by anything. The guy that, the guy that we know to not be, to be to handle the media is so great, even in the harshest of circumstances, wore his shorts on backwards, because he was just so, antsy to get back out there on the court. This is the first time he played basketball competitively in 18 months. And uh, he went out there, and he lost. He lost. First game back was against the Pacers, and he lost. But Michael didn't officially return back to basketball until about his fifth game. That That's when he dropped 55. He dropped 55 in the garden against the Knicks. Like, ain't nobody— <laughs> like the garden is the place to the garden is the place to play like you mean to show up that is the place to job 55 we all know the like Madison Square Square Garden as the mecca of basketball it's a big basketball town so of course that's the place where you if you want to show up that's the place to show up at so like later uh before in the doc early episodes we talk we talk about him in, in his last all star game as a bull and he and he showed up there, and that was in Madison Square Garden. So my, Michael has his affinity with Madison Square Garden. The GOATs really have this thing about showing up in Madison Square Garden because LeBron does that a lot too. Like LeBron would just show up and drop 60 on a random night on a random February day on a Tuesday and drop 60 in the Garden for no reason. That's the thing that he does. Uh, we fast forward a little bit to the first game of... I believe it, it might have been the conference semifinals against the Magic. At this time, Horace Grant was playing for the Magic. Now, Horace Grant was Michael's one of one of Michael's teammates, and Horace Horace loved Michael. Michael loved Horace, but Michael's but they had a chance to resign Horace, but they didn't. The Bulls didn't, and he went to go sign the big contract with the Magic. And the Magic were a pretty good team at the time. They had, they had Shaq, they had Penny Hardaway, they had Nick Anderson. So adding Horace Grant as a, a proven champion seemed like a good move. Like if, like in twenty twenty, if that team was constructed, but you had young Shaq, yeah, you Penny, yeah, young Penny, yeah, young, yeah, yeah, young Nick Anderson, and then you add a veteran, like you had a veteran guy like Horace Grant who has a championship pedigree, you'd be like, okay, oh, that team is going to compete for a championship in the next two years. Which they were. They were competing for a championship in the next two years. So, um, I like th- this this series interesting to me because Michael's first game back, he was still wearing 45. And then at the end of the game, Nick Anderson picked picked Michael Jordan's pockets, swept the ball from him, laid it up, they lost the game. And after the game, the story goes that Nick Anderson, Nick Anderson says 45 in light 23. And even Horace Grant, when he heard that, said, oh, my God, he done woke the monster up. Next game back, Michael's back out to 23, and he's looking good. He's looking like Mike again. Mike said, Mike's taking a doc. He said, I don't know, 45 just didn't feel right. Like, you know, 23 felt more comfortable on me. Like, twenty, I didn't have the same feeling I had when I wore 23. And Michael came, came, came to play. But they, but they ultimately lost that series. They, they lost that series ultimately because Mike just wasn't in basketball shape. He was still in baseball shape. Like he was still in baseball shape. Like he had spent the last 18 months building his body to be a baseball body. So now he came back. He didn't really – he came back and didn't really give himself time to work himself back into basketball shape. But he's Mike, so he thought, you know, I I will figure it out. But when you run into a bunch of young guns, they got Shaq and Penny Hardaway, yeah, you know, you, you you lose. So that summer is the same summer that Michael shot Space Jam. And Michael, I believe he said the shooting days were uh, Monday through Sunday. Uh, call time started at seven a.m. and he would get like a two-hour like in-between time, and and in, in, in that. And, in that two, and in, inside that two-hour in-between time, Michael would just work out and play basketball. His trainer had built, like, a, he, he had perfectly outlined everything he needed to do to get Michael back in basketball shape. He said that a lot of basketball is more in, in the pecs and the arms. So he had to build that strength back up. Warner Brothers was so accommodating to Michael that they built him a full-size basketball gym. Full size. Michael said, you know, Michael told him, like, well, I, I got to get back in shape. They said, oh, no problem. We'll build that for you. And they did. A full size basketball gym. Just outdoors. Just like, it had a, it had a tent over it. and had workout equipment in there. And, like, that was that was perfect for Mike. And um, Mike would invite all, like, the best young stars. I seen Chris Webber in there working out. I seen, I seen, I seen Reggie Miller. I seen I seen Sean Bradley in the in, in the clips. All these guys would just come down here to Universal Stud no, excuse me, to Warner Brothers studios just to work out with Michael. Like everybody would just slide down there to, to work out with Mike. And I heard Reggie Miller say, though, those those are some of the best games I ever played in my life. And I don't, I don't, listen, I believe him. Like there's no referee there. So everybody's calling their own fouls. And you're not about to call no ticky-tacky shit. When you're playing with the best players in the league, you're only going to call the blatant fouls. Like, oh, he grabbed my arm. Like, I hit the gram. Like I got hacked. It. Like, y'all heard that smack type shit. So those games are probably, like, I would love, like, I would have loved to watch those games. Like, you know how sometimes you go to the court and, like, it's a real good five-on-five going on in the court. You're, like, you just watching. Like, yo, these guys are pretty good. Like, it's, 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 some, it's, some, it's some really good runs. Imagine that run. Times five billion, like imagine that run at your local basketball court. That's a pretty good run that you're watching. Imagine that run times five billion because we got actual professionals, the best, the best at the sport in the world, out there running. And Michael used that as an opportunity to watch some of the guys because, like he said, he, he he was out of baseball for eighteen months now. So use this as an opportunity to, to, to do some scouting. Like, oh, Reggie does this. Okay, Chris does that. Okay, Sean Bradley does this. Like watching the guys. Like, he, so not only was he getting back in shape, but he used it as an opportunity to scout. <sighs> the next season, we come back and magic and uh, magic the magic play Michael again. Michael was Michael won the magic again, but this time they run through him. It was no competition. He needed that. He like he needed that he, he needed that W. Because Michael, he's real he's real uh he he holds on to things. Like like I said before, like you 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 don't get you don't get to be the best without make about make without making some energies, excuse me, making some enemies. You don't you 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 don't you don't become the best without having that. So Michael held on to some things. But the year after they come back, this is the 72 and 10 season. So I just wanted to think about this for a second, right? This I'm gonna think about this for a second. Cause I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't I didn't know that. That's not something I knew going. Like, I knew the bulls were 72 and 10. I knew that. Like that was the information I knew. But I didn't understand the context of it was after Michael Jordan had left basketball for 18 months. So the year after, like, they get bounced by the magic, they go 72 and 10. They needed that. Like. Like no like I believe it was somebody says one one of the bulls players said, like, yo, none none of us like losing. Like none of us enjoyed the act of losing. But I think we needed that loss. Like we needed that playoff loss. If they don't get that loss, I don't think Michael as is is um as as I, I don't think he's as competitive. I don't think he wants this as much to come back and go 72 ten. It kind of reminds me of when he lost to the Pistons for the last time, like like the year the, the year he lost to the Pistons for the last time, and he and he was in the gym all summer working on his body to get stronger, and then he came back and beat the Pistons. It's the same type of story. It's like, oh well, I lost because I wasn't I wasn't in the right shape. Well, let me work on that all summer. Let's get in the best shape, the best shape I've ever been in to come back and be better. And this time he's better than he ever was. Seventy two and ten. One of the players said it was one of the players said he was look he was on a plane on the team playing going to a city going to a game and they was looking at the uh, the schedule they was like yo we may not lose a game for 3 months like like yeah this is this is too easy like we may not we may, like we may not lose until June like that's how they was looking at the schedule. it was like we may not lose I think that's amazing like the warriors went 73 and 9 Right, but that was in the like, like that was building. That like that was that like that momentum was building. Like that was after they just been to the championship a, the year before. It was the seventy three nine season was building. Okay, the seventy two and ten season was not building. It was the year after Michael just came back from baseball. So like, but Michael worked himself back into tip top shape to go seventy two and ten, and. People, people say that the seventy-two is since season no, the Bulls said that it don't mean it, it. don't mean a thing without the ring. That was their slogan. Like, yo, we could have won all these games, whatever. That don't mean that don't mean a thing if we don't get a ring at the end of the day. And I think that's important because that's that's all Michael cared. Like Michael, Michael, Michael could have won forty games. Like, like Michael, Michael could have won forty-one and forty-one, been an eighth But as long as he get into the playoffs and fucking get a ring, he don't give a fuck. Because because the end of the day. The goal, the, like the, like he says, he says, he says it, like the, like the regular season is fun, but the highest level competition in, in our sport is the playoffs. So if Michael don't get into the playoffs and do good in the playoffs, what's good, like what's 72 wins do? Okay, sure, I got the record, but, what, like, but then I get a championship at the end of the day. And that's what Michael cared about more than anything. And inside the, the finals that year, they played the Sonics. The Sonics were saw as just a walking mat. Was just, they saw the boys was going to run through them, walk right over them, blah, 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 whatever. Right before the final started, George Carl was in the same restaurant as Amara Shad and Michael Jordan. Amara Rashad was friends with everybody. So let's just get that. Amara Rashad was friends with every fucking body. Shout out to that nigga. But they was in a restaurant together, and Amara Shad said, Oh, look. There go George Carl. and Jordan gave him a little wave, and George Carl walked, walked right past him. It's like I'm not talking to you. Fuck out of here. And Jordan took offense to that, which I don't understand though. I don't. I don't understand. Like, George Carl had been around the NBA for a while at this point, so he must have heard the stories of like Jordan had to get buddy buddy and close with the competition. Like, like why would I like? And Jordan says, "Well, like, like you know, Jordan says that they have like they had the UNC connection. Like, they're like." They have been in Chapel Hood at the same time before, so like, like they they have a relationship. But like, even if we got a relationship, why well, I'm talking to you? But that's how it's funny because that's how old heads think it was back in the day. Like we always talk about basketball. Like man, these new these new, like LeBron, LeBron too buddy buddy with people. Jordan was mad. Michael Jordan threw a hissy fit that George Carl didn't talk to him before the finals. So don't give me that bullshit that these, that that fucking these players too friendly. Because I'm sick and tired of that fucking narrative. It's a dumb narrative. It's stupid. Michael Jordan threw a fucking hissy fit. He was angry at George Carl because he didn't because he didn't say hi to him at a restaurant. Fuck you, you old ass nigga. Like stop that dumb shit. It's it's dumb, stupid. It's retarded. It's it's it's. Like, it's really a cold take, and, like, you should give it up. Like, because I see a lot of y'all still trying to get that off. Like, give it up. Like, it's, it's not a take that look well on you. Like, get that take up. As I was saying, though, a lot of people saw this series as a walkover. And the fact that George Carl didn't speak to Michael did not help. The Bulls started off 3-0. 3-0 in this series. They they People thought it was going to be a sweep at this point. But George Carl had to use a secret weapon, okay? The glove, Gary Payton. Gary Payton is seen as one. is seen as maybe the best on ball defender of all time, right? But at the, at, up until that point, George Carl hadn't put him on Michael Jordan because he didn't want to spend all his energy on defense. He was like, "Bro, I need. I'm gonna need you to score. Like, I need you to score. So we're not gonna put you on Mike." But they got down three oh uh Gary Payne said, fuck that. Fuck fuck what you say. I'm guarding this nigga. Like I'm 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 a am a body on him. And he did. And it seemed to work. It seemed to work. I think that if I think that if George Carl puts uh Gary Payne on Jordan from the beginning Maybe the series a little. The, maybe the shape of the series looks look looks a little different. Maybe it is in three two. Maybe it's two two. Like maybe like maybe maybe they win a few more games here and there. Like I don't know. Shit, who knows? Maybe they win a series. I don't know. I can't tell you that for happened. It's just speculation. But the funny thing is. <laughs> so what? I, what I realized is, um, I watched uh Jalen and Jacoby at their right i watched jalen jacoby on espn after the doc and they had uh, they had the they had the they had the director of the jordan doc speaking they do this every time but for some reason i actually watched it maybe cuz i fell asleep on the doc and I had to rewatch it so i was like let me just watch all this stuff now so i can go back and rewatch it, take some more notes so I, I was watching it and what he said was that interview jordan Four different times I believe it was three or four different times so it was it was an initial interview and every time they got a new piece of information from different people that they spoke to they were bringing it back to Jordan to get his like to get his take on it like yo how you feel about this and this and like and it's been a thing that they've done a few times they showed him the thing that that Isaiah said before and this time they showed him the thing that um that Gary Payne was saying Gary Payne was like I think I tired Jordan out. like I think I tired him Like, I think I worked him out, and he was tired, and he wasn't making shots. Granted, at this point, Michael Jordan's a little older now, so, like, I think that, you know, my energy and my effort really tired him out. Jordan laughed out loud at that. Michael Jordan laughed out loud (laughs) at that video. And (laughs) the funny part about it is (laughs) he handed (laughs) – when he was handing the iPad back, he was like, the glove? Overall? <laughs> Bro, niggas, niggas said his name so kind of sin, like, Oh, the glove. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, oh, he did something to me. <laughs> really? And then Michael said, I had no problem with Gary Payne. I had other shit on my mind. <laughs> oh, my God. That's swag. Y'all don't realize how swag that is, but that's fucking swag. Like, to laugh at—he laughed at maybe the greatest on-ball defender in the history of on-ball defenders. He laughed at him, And then said his name, his nickname, mocking like, "Oh, the glove," and then responded with, "I had no problem with that. It was other shit on my mind. Like, like he was like it wasn't you. It wasn't you, it wasn't you, you peasant. Like it was things that going on in me. Like I'm so great that that wasn't affecting me. Like." At, like at my tip top peak, like you know shape. Like if I was there mentally, I would I would have fought through that. But I wasn't there. Like you didn't do that. I did that. Like I slowed myself down. That's some swash shit to tell a motherfucker. And I think that's 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 why Jordan's the goat. That's why Jordan's the goat. I have really enjoyed these past. I I really enjoyed uh the the episodes this week. The uh, seven eight were actually pretty good episodes. 8 might be like my favorite episode so far in the series, but pretty good episodes, man. Um I'm really excited for next week. 8 and 9, I believe it is. I I, I don't I don't know how because it's supposed to be a 10 part series. So, I don't know how I don't know how it's going to work this next upcoming week. Are they just going to show all 3 or are they going to make us come back for 10 by itself? Or am I not doing the math right? Which one is it? I don't know. Because last week was 5, 5, and 6, so this will be 7, and 8. 7, and 8. This week's is 7, and 8. Next week's going to be 9, and 10, okay. So next week will be the finale, excuse me. Next week next week will will be the finale. Um, I think I might do, do about an hour and a half. I may just recap everything. I may rewatch all the episodes because I know I can still I'm on the internet now. I don't know, but this has been really exciting. Uh, I learned a lot about Michael Jordan and... I think last time I gave my take about maybe docs, maybe the way that we, uh, we learn shit now. Like, cause I've learned way more through watching this doc than I've ever would have read, learned through reading the book. So shout out to the, shout out to the director. I will Google his name, but I don't feel like it. Um, this <laughs> is, it's not, this is, there's it's no this against him. There's no, it's not, it's no knock against him, but whatever. um, like I said, I'm starting everybody who usually listen to this podcast at like 7 a.m. as soon as it comes out. So this podcast is going to be out a little later today. It should be out around like 11 or 12 o'clock. It's 9.30 now as I close. So hopefully I can get it out by 11 o'clock. But I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank you for following us on Instagram and listening to this while you shit. Uh, follow us on Twitter at listen and shit. I want to thank you for leaving a rating review because I know you did. Thank you so much. Uh, but uh, this has been another. this has been another episode of the Listen to the Shit Podcast, the homopotty miles, the fastest growing podcast in the history of podcasts. Do not Google that. That is a fact though. I have been your host, Dom Sharp. There's two there's two things that every human has: opinions and assholes. I so happen to be an asshole with an opinion. Thanks for listening, guys well thank you for listening to that whole podcast you are appreciated you are a gem and i love you and if you made it through that whole podcast do me one more favor well actually three more favors go over to my instagram page at listen to this while you shit give us a follow go over to our twitter page listen and shit give us a follow and if you have the time left over if you only if you had the time Go over to our Apple podcast page and leave us a rating review. Tell us why you like the podcast or why you hate the podcast. Either way, I want to know. Give us a one star or five star. You let us know and tell me why so I can improve based off your review and I can get better. Only way I'm ever going to get better if you tell me why I suck. So thanks for listening.